When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. friends the world got you down don't be sad listen to two dollar late fee with zach and dustin two dollar late fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment the 1980s we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today we also interview your favorite celebrities from that era all in the spirit of positivity and togetherness check us out at two dollar late fee.com everybody normally when you're listening to horror movie night and you see a bonus thing pop up it's usually something horror centric uh this is going to be the exception to the rule because as much as we love horror movies we also love pretty much everything 90s especially 90s pop music and when i was at fantastic fest the only movie i saw that i didn't get any interviews for was this incredible documentary called i used to be normal a boy a boy band fan girl's journey did i get that right a boy band fangirl story. Story. Ah. Um, <laughs> and on the phone with me, I have one of the producers of this documentary, Rita Walsh. Uh, Rita, thank you so much for everything that you did with this documentary. And I believe I said this to you at Fantastic Fest, and I'll say it again now. <laughs> if the Mr. Rogers documentary didn't come out in 2018, this would have easily been the best documentary of 2018 to me. Wow. That means... So much to me. I mean, being being part of Fantastic Fest was a real sort of shock to us because you know it, we're about boy bands, so it doesn't seem like <laughs> a natural fit. But we really found that kind of fandom love that you know that that, that the love the love of the fans um, that was what people connected with out there, which was really really special. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it was, um, I had heard of, it was one of the only films I had heard of prior to going to Fantastic Fest, because you get a lot of these small indie films that are popping up, and I, somehow someone had gotten the trailer to me, because they knew how much I loved boy bands and pop music, and I was (laughs) like, I was like, man, I've got to see this when it comes out, and then they released the list of things that were playing at Fantastic Fest, and I was like, well, this is the only one that I'm not doing as an assignment, this is purely for my enjoyment only <laughs> that's amazing yeah like it's a, i mean what is your do you have a boy band of preference uh actually hansen was my was oh, yes. but Great. obviously they got removed from the list on the giant list of boy bands um yes. so if they're not a competitor 
then probably NSYNC. I've always defended that NSYNC's music was kind of a step above what was going on in the 90s stylistically. There's some really amazing stuff. I've actually like really developed a soft spot for NSYNC in the last couple of years. Just belatedly, I was back. I was raised Backstreet Boys, but um, there's something about the way those fans have suffered through 20 years of <laughs> um, like you know Justin on his own, and now the NSYNC are kind of making a revival, and they're just so dorky as well. <laughs> and, in a really charming way and they had such a um they, they did have a couple of really iconic clever clips that reference the fact that they're boy band, like they're a constructed marketing construct you know um ploy as well so yeah yeah i think that nsync always had the advantage of like they hooked up with the right producers. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to have Timberland producing your records, it's definitely going to sound very different to like whatever the normal pop artists producer is going to produce. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Uh, But then, you know, with this documentary, you guys focus on Backstreet Boys, Take That, The Beatles, and One Direction. How did you conclude that those were the bands and those were the four fans that you were going to follow around? Yeah, so, I mean, um, I used to be normal came about when the director, Jessica Lesky, um, and I were looking for something to work on, and she'd just, at the age of 31, fallen deeply in love with, yeah, One Direction. Um, you know, at the, height, at the height of One Direction's powers in, like, about 2012. Um and she sort of, you know, it's a bit of a lonely, a lonely existence being a boy band fan in your thirties. So she she went online and found all these amazing, um, the amazing One Direction fan. The way they'd congregated on Twitter and Tumblr is really wonderful. And so she then wanted to study the fans. She she wanted to look at the fans um, from the fan perspective rather than the bands because there are like. A number of great boy band documentaries out there. Um, so our film focuses on four women of different generations who've had their lives changed by their boy band obsessions, um, and I, and and in that way, it wasn't really about what bands they loved. It was about the the, the girl, the characters we chose for the documentary. So Elif, and we wanted to have different generations. So Elif, who's from Long Island, um, was a massive One Direction fan. Um, Sadia in San Francisco is Backstreet Boys. Dara is, you know, Take That, who I don't believe ever broke through here that much. They they Um, had, there was one big video, because when she said Take That, I remembered the Back for Good video almost immediately. Like, that was the big crossover for them. Yeah, right. And I mean, Robbie Williams did quite well here too, I think. Yeah, Millennium was a pretty decent hit, and I think Rockstar did all right over here. Right. Yeah, and then, of course, we had Susan with the Beatles. Um, we tried in the film like we, to represent so many other bands in, in a smaller way. We had lots of fans contribute um, their photos and, and imagery um, from, you know, the Bay City Rollers through to the Monkeys, through to... Um, and KOTB and um, Westlife and NSYNC. Um, and unfortunately, like, uh, BTS and, and K-pop were kind of just coming out after we locked pictures. But, um, yeah, so that's a long way of saying this. The four women in the film um, 
we wanted to represent more of the boy bands, but we could only pick four. <laughs> we only had so much time. They might have to be a sequel. It was funny because I knew nothing about the K-pop stuff that was going on. And maybe a week before I left for Fantastic Fest, uh, one of my best friends became really obsessed with BTS. And yeah, I'm, wow. And I'm watching the documentary and I'm like, yeah, this is her. This is my friend when it comes to BTS. <laughs> and it's only gotten worse. Like she has gone and seen them maybe eight times this year. And all I can wow. think of is all of these people in this documentary so, like, even in your 30s, it's unescapable. Catchy pop songs will get you. Oh, absolutely. It's completely contagious and in a really wonderful, exciting way. And I guess that's what we wanted to explore. Like, you tend to think of people who love um, boy bands as hysterical teenagers, and it's very gendered as well. And what Jess and I wanted to set out to do was say, A, having a good scream and cry about your, at your favorite concert or when Harry Styles looks at you, is totally a really healthy, wonderful thing to do and everyone should do it. <laughs> and also that those fans tend to be really smart, passionate, engaged people. Um, I mean, you're clearly a fan of um, different stuff, but it's it, I bet it's helped you become a creative person in a way. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that when I was a kid, it, there was a very um, anti pop music thing you know i was into the yeah. punk music and i was into all that stuff and it wasn't until college that i realized that to write a good pop tune takes a lot of talent and a lot of work and it really opened up my eyes to how talented those people are absolutely incredible those swedish writers yes amazing. Yeah. not yeah. specifically the people singing it although they have amazing voices but yes the the team of people that create those pop songs it ain't easy to manufacture (laughs) absolutely it definitely is and it's a really like even if they it is manufactured the experiences those fans have are real um and and genuine you know um and shouldn't be kind of judged or because all four of the girls it's kind of just in a way it's about boy band it's also about like being a young woman and growing up and and having um and what shapes your adult identity in a way well, and I, I um, think that the documentary really because of the different types of people that you interviewed also captures, you know, you have a young girl that's in the most unironic stage of loving a boy yeah, band. Yeah, beautifully said. Exactly. But then you also have like the, uh, I keep blanking on her name, but the Backstreet Boys fan. Sadia. Sadia, yeah. who's so self-aware and she's yeah. so acknowledging like this is insane like i shouldn't yeah. be like this <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's really cool how you cover all that and then you know if it's not just a flash in the pan when it's you know 20 20 years later you can still put on like everybody backstreet's back and a dance floor is gonna fill up with people like oh oh yeah it's in you like my story <laughs> is that um, we snuck cameras into several concerts, not to film the boys, but to film the girls. Yeah. And um, we went into one on Long Island, a Backstreet Boys concert a couple of years ago, and I was there with a clipboard, and my job was just to get releases signed. I was being a serious producer. Um, and I didn't think I was in danger at all. But then five men came out on stage and started singing, I want it that way, and moving their shoulders in synchronized synchronicity. <laughs> and I was like totally triggered and <laughs> regressed and screamed and like shed tears it was 
amazing, like the way, the power that that song, those songs have, have over you, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, that's what I think made this documentary so, so good was that I was just so attached to it. And I also have to give kudos to Fantastic Fest that they, yeah. they do this cool thing where they play a short film that kind of sort of is tied into what you're about to watch. And yeah. man, the My Name is Mark documentary was such a perfect setting for what I was about to watch with with I'm a boy like with the boy band fandom because it was this completely opposite spectrum of crazy. And I think yeah. there's, there's like this beautiful thing with documentaries where you either have the really sentimental, like the the Won't You Be My Neighbors or the the RBGs and these things that are just gonna they're gonna tug at your heartstrings and you're gonna cry nonstop. Yeah. And then something like this, where I was crying and laughing back and <laughs> forth throughout, you know, there was, it just spoke, it spoke to anybody that was a music fan. You didn't have to be a boy band fan to be touched by the fandom that you see in the movie. Oh, thank you. That's, yeah, that's really lovely to hear that. I mean, we love that too. And what we've loved after screenings is people contact us and say, one, like, oh, actually a fantastic guess. There was one new kids on the block fan who was just furious that she wasn't <laughs> in the film. Um, she said, like, I need to take you right now to my house and show you my two garages worth of New Kids on the Block memorabilia. Um, but people come forth with their other stories of being a fan and feeling judged. Um, we have a lot of heavy metal fans, actually, who've come up and said, you need to tell our story. Being a heavy metal fan is tough and you get judged, but I'm actually, like, this kind of person, you know, um, and we just adore hearing all of those stories. And, and it's wonderful that that's what people connect to in the film because um, Jess has got a real heart to the way she directs. But we also, like, you know, we also had a, a heap of fun because boy bands are so silly. <laughs> well, that's why, I mean, I think that that shows too. And that's what you yeah. want. Like, I, we just finished filming our, our attempt, anyway, at a TV show pilot. And it was... Oh, great. And it was the most fun I've had in a long time. And I was sick and miserable and very <laughs> tired. And I walked away from it like, I want to do more of that. And if you're not yeah, yeah. if you're not having fun while you're creating, what's the point, you know? Oh, exactly. <laughs> and we would be like, you know, we'd be in the edit and we'd be really worried about what we're going to cut out and we're not sure about this. And then we would go, okay, now we have to find a photo of Gary Barlow in leather. Um, <laughs> and that would be like, that would be the fun. That would be the light relief. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, take that. They're, some of their styling, I mean, all of this, particularly that 90s boy band styling, so many, like, dubious turtlenecks and see-through, like, shirts. Well, and, there's, and the funny thing is, like, for every, you know, like, for every Backstreet Boys, there was also, like, you know, a, a Westlife or like, like these like yeah. one hit wonder just came yeah. out one and done. Um, I would almost love to see the, the side of the story of the, the women empowerment pop groups, the stuff like the Spice Girls and Bewitched oh, yeah. and like all of those female pop groups that popped up that were kind of like a response to the boy bands. Absolutely. And I always say that Spice Girls were my gateway drug, like, like, like Sadia to the Backstreet Boys, you know, the Spice Girls were absolutely huge for me. And, you know, they're, they're, we mentioned them briefly in the film just because for Sadia, they were part of her pop evolution. Um, and it's always a moment, like, 
yeah, that, that moment is enough for everyone to go, oh, yeah, I, d- I did that. I went through that phase. Or <laughs> while everyone else was doing Alanis and Green Day, I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that the Spice Girls had this, we- like, Wannabe was such an undeniably good song. That, Amazing like, song. Like, I feel like even me in my, my punk rock days was like, yeah, but that's a pretty dope song. Like, I couldn't, like... <laughs> Like, I feel like every, because it had like a little bit of everything and it was quick. It was in and out. It had that awesome single shot music video. So like that part of you, like those artsy part of you was like, they did this all in one take. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Um, They are. um, Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, we just loved discovering all of that kind of um, like Dara learned every single dance move to um, Back to Good, uh, to Pray by Take That. Dara's the fan from Sydney. Um, the, the, the kind of levels that the fans would go to in, in learning what the stories behind the clips. Um, interesting, like, trivia too, that we show three clips in the film um, and all of them involve water. Like, it seems like <laughs> a good, a great iconic boy band clip has, like, someone has to get wet. Well, I was going to say, like, probably the highlight of the movie, if you were to release only one scene of the movie to entice people, you know how, like, you get it would have to be them watching the music videos and explaining why they're incredible, because that is the funniest part in that film, is them trying to justify some of these some of these music videos that aren't really anything more than guys (laughs) dancing shirtless. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Sarah, um, Sadia does the kind of analysis of, um, yeah, uh, quit playing games. It is quit playing games, right? They're I think in the it's, rain. That, it's either that or as long as you love me. Those two videos always kind of blend in my brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I can't believe I can't remember it because it cost us so much money to like, <laughs> get that 30 seconds in. Like I cried the day we got that approved. Um, but yeah, Sadie is like watching that and going, oh my God, I'm feeling things. Look at the way they're wearing sweaters and now they're not wearing sweaters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really fun. It was, it worked cut together really beautifully, actually. <laughs> so the movie is available in some countries, but is it coming to the United States anytime soon? Or is there a way that people in the U.S. who are curious can see indeed. it? It is indeed. It is indeed. We're really excited that on the 18th of May, Saturday, 18th of May, 9 p.m., it will be airing on Fuse. Nice. Um, and um, it will also be, um, yeah, streaming online and stuff via Fuse, Fuse.tv. Um from now on, which is we're absolutely thrilled about. Further down the track, we do have um, an iTunes rollout and a few others like um, things coming up. But that, yeah, we're really excited to be playing on Fuse because they seem like the right fit. Um, they do a lot of fan stuff and a lot of music stuff, and um, yes, yeah, we're excited. I uh, ironically, the friend that I was talking about earlier, I was like, "Hey, it's going to be airing on Fuse on May 18th." you have to come over and watch it. Like we will watch it together. And she said, I can't, I'm going to New York to see BTS, (laughs) which was like the most perfect reason to not be able to watch a documentary about boy band fandom. I will will excuse that. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We're we're thrilled. And and I think they'll be re-airing it. So we'll make sure she watches it at some point. (laughs) Uh, So, 
for someone like me who loves physical media, is there going to hopefully be a DVD still in the U.S. or is that going to stay Yeah, strictly? we certainly hope so. And okay. I think that will be a few months away. Um, it's certainly you can get the DVDs in Australia and New Zealand already. Um, but, yeah, just it's taking a bit longer here. But hopefully, you know, with support from you and, and the Fuse release, that kind of stuff will start happening awesome. a bit faster. Now, where can people go to stay on top of stuff? Is there a website or something recommended? Yeah, we're at boybandfangirl.com. Um, and if you go there, then you, you'll, there's links to all our social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We have a lot of fun on those mediums because, gosh, there are some good fan and boy band photos out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'd love to hear from people who watch it. We really would. All right. Well, uh, you guys go check out their Facebook page, check out their website, stay in touch, be ready for Fuse. That's going to be coming out this Saturday at 9 p.m. on Fused. And then hopefully there'll be more physical media rolling out or iTunes or all different types of ways to see it. But you're going to want to see this documentary. So make it a point to watch it. That's my Thank assignment you. to you guys. <laughs> Yeah, do it. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining me, Rita. No problem. My pleasure, Matt. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.